Hello, Mets fans. Welcome to another installment of our podcast. Charlie and I are excited to talk about the latest and greatest in Mets news. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about, including injury updates, game recaps, trade rumors that could potentially put this Mets team over the edge and help this team in their March to October baseball. So thank you again for joining us and let's get into some amazing talk. Well, we have made it. Charlie, we're at the midway point of the season. Actually, more than halfway. The Mets have played, what is it, 87 games now out of 162. So, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you that I saw this Mets team sitting at the top of the National League East at this point in the season. Uh, we have we have a great team on paper. And while we haven't totally lived up to that full potential, and with the myriad of injuries and inconsistent offense, we still find ourselves in first place very happy with the way the season is i heard it's the best record since 2007 the mets since the all-star break from the all-star break yeah so that's uh well we won't we, won't, we don't want to remember 2007 but no let's not talk time. about that we don't know how that ended <laughs> but yes very optimistic uh but i you know they play they play really well and i'm really excited for the second half i think we have a lot of things to look uh look forward to and um this team is ready to explode. It's ready to explode. Uh, and, they, and they already shows a glimpse of it. Yeah. And, and, and again, with, with all the things that we've had to overcome, that the teams had to overcome this season so far, it really would be a nice little Cinderella story if we make it to the postseason. And again, thankfully with our, you know, with our spotty offense, the way our, our offense had been, our pitching has kept us afloat, but also the rest of the NL East, hasn't been performing up to par either. And that's another contributing factor to our success so far. So. Yeah, it is a plus as well, as well. Um, but the eight games over oh, seven games of 500 and um, that's already a blessing itself. We gotta be over 500 and we had 18 people on the injury list at one point and we keep playing, we keep playing well and they, they look good. Yeah, we had a tough series against Pittsburgh. I think our bullpen was tired mm -hmm. the last couple of games, and they were. That we, I'll, I'll blame on the bullpen on that one. And I think these four games rest is we're going to come out, then we're going to start swinging nice bats. I think Lindor is going to have a a great, great second half. I think that's more the one player that's going to have uh, explosion second half. Agreed. And I think Alonso is going to have a great second half as well. Uh, those are my two players. I think are going to have are going to carry the team um, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I am right there with you. I totally agree. Definitely Lindor. We, we talked about that in our last episode, how he's, he's on pace to have a monster second half. He's been, you know, off to a very slow start this season, you know, unfortunately, but new league, you know, new, new team, it's going to happen, but he, he's been showing sparks here and there. And the, the last month before this break, he, he's been really coming out of it. And it's been exciting to watch. And I know that's just going to carry over into the second half. And the Mets really need it. So, um, you know, again, the, the Mets were in first place. But you can't help but wonder what if, right? Because the Mets had a huge opportunity over the last couple of weeks to put some distance between themselves and the rest of the, the NL East. I mean, we had two series with the Braves. We played the Phillies. We played the Nationals. Uh, who again just had our number by the way in those those series but uh, we'll get into those games later on but it, in all honesty there's no reason why we should not 
have at least a five game lead at this point in the season. There's really no excuse for it. I mean, they simply the last couple of weeks uh, when they were playing Atlanta, the Bra- uh, the Braves, Washington, the Phillies, they pretty much played 500 baseball within their division. And at one point, the, the surging nationals came within two and a half games of us. And, you know, now here we are, we, we sit at the all-star break at a three and a half game lead. So having said that, we are still in first place. And you can't help but feel happy about how we've been playing as of late, especially with the return of Brandon Nimmo, who seems to have sparked this Mets offense. And hopefully that momentum will carry them over through the second half of the season. And based on everything that has transpired over the first half of the season, if I were to give the Mets first half of the season a grade, uh, their midseason report card, I'd give them a B plus. Do you have a grade that you would give them, Charlie? I was thinking on B too, a B, B plus. Yeah. Considering we're the 18, we're the 18 people on the injury list, and the way we had one, at one point when we had like one or two starters, and uh, the different different things we had to try, and how many games that uh, we had to do double headers and seven inning games, and how many games we had to play a row, that all goes down um, as well. So it's been it's been. It's been a very interesting first half, and I'm excited for the second half. Yes, yes, it has, and I agree with you. And speaking of the All-Star break, Pete Alonzo put on a freaking show last night in the Home Run Derby. 35 (laughs) home runs, setting a new record, mind you, for the most home runs in the first round of the competition. And Salvador Perez, who he was going up against in the first round, made it interesting. I mean, he ended up hitting 28, so not too far behind Pete, but – Pete ended up prevailing. Uh, Charlie, I know you said you did not watch it. You, you know, you came home late and you saw the saw the recap and everything. But, but yeah, then you know, Alonzo in the second round, he just edged out Juan Soto's 15 homers to take round two, and then Alonzo ended up defeating Trey Mancini with 23 homers in the final round for a repeat as the home run derby champion. Oh, okay, I see what you did there. And it was so awesome to watch. And as much as Alonzo was the star of the show. The guy throwing to him, he, he deserves a hell of a lot of credit too. Well, uh, Dave Joss, I believe his name was, the guy that was thrown to Pete. Uh, the, the dude was on point and he was consistent and Pete was just cranking those, those balls out over the wall. It was just, the, the guy was amazing. I mean, I think the guy's 60 years old, but maybe he can fill in the back end of the Mets rotation. We could probably use him. And respect to Mancini though. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, who battled and beat stage three colon cancer. He missed all of last season, bounced back this season. He's having a monster season. And he made it to the final round against Polar Bear. I mean, Mancini was my second pick behind Pete. And if Mancini had beat Alonzo, I would have been just as happy for him. I really would have. It's just, what a comeback for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Who beats cancer? Beat cancer. Right. Stage three, no less. I mean, yeah, guy's a soldier, man. But I, I don't know. I, I loved watching Pete. I'm glad he repeated and defended his crown. I don't know what was up with him with his head bobbing. He was just he was just really into it the whole night. He was getting the crowd into it. He looked like a human bobblehead. But hey, he was having <laughs> he was having fun with it. And I mean, he, he almost seemed a little arrogant at times. I was like, all right, Pete, I know you're enjoying yourself, but calm down a little bit. Keep it together. You know, stay a little modest. But uh, he was the star of the show. I mean, the what. what one of the reasons I think we were all tuning in was to see how Otani would do. And he did well, all things considered. Obviously, he ended up losing to Juan Soto in round one. But that was after two tiebreakers. And, I mean, Otani got off to a slow start, but he made a hell of a comeback. 
But after that, after the first three minutes, you could tell he was gassed. That, that definitely something he was not accustomed to swinging for power that frequently. He was just he was done after the first round. But he kept the, he kept pace with with Soto. And uh, personally, I would have loved to see hit, uh, Otani and Alonso go head to head. But regardless, what a show! And it's definitely something Otani he'll he'll definitely be remembered for it throughout his career and beyond. Especially since he's the first pitcher to ever participate in the home run derby. So he definitely left his mark. Yeah, he has, he, he, and he's like another Beirut in the 21st century. Uh, so it's really remarkable what he's doing. Yeah, the guy's truly a marvel to watch. And with the home run derby behind us tonight is the all-star game. Uh, we were talking about this before, Charlie. Neither of us really care much about the all-star game. But, you know, obviously DeGrom opted out. He, he decided not to pitch, which I think we can all agree is probably the best decision considering his recent injury scares that he's endured. But let's not let that overshadow the fact that Taiwan Walker made the all-star team, his first time ever being named an all-star. And that, that's, that's very special for him. So yeah, He deserves it. He deserves it um, very well. I think I have a problem with the all-star game. I'm going to go on with why I, I don't watch it. And then maybe you could uh, tell me why you don't watch it. I'm watching I don't want to because I, I feel like it's a uh, it's not really about all-star people. It's about popularity. It should be. I, I think Major League Baseball said changing the seven-inning games and changing all this stuff, they should change the all-star game to a more statistics um, and seeing who's the best pitcher. So the pitchers that are in the bullpen should be the top pitchers that are in the bullpen that have a top hero at and, go, and do like a, a award ceremony that way the first half instead of yeah. fans voting in mm-hmm. you know and giving the fans the opportunity yeah but it's all based on oh my favorite player is um yeah. p alonzo i'm just gonna put in there so mm-hmm. i'm gonna vote for him and that's it the batting he had 10 home runs this season it doesn't not go on that and it, it's very disappointing i saw many times dear right uh dear right was uh, great player. I mean, we all know what history he had, but he was injured for a lot of times. And there's been times that he was injured the whole season and he finished in second place for third base. Um, so they, they have, I, I would think, to change for the All-Star game. And I, I've been saying for years, I, I do not watch the All-Star game because of it. They should change it to more of a statistics way of and, and whoever from first place downwards and pick the best 25 players out of that statistics way instead of letting the fans vote. Yes. I, I actually a hundred percent agree with you, Charlie. Uh, they, something does need to be done about it uh, because as of right now, it's just a popularity contest. Like you said, everyone votes in. I mean, this isn't, this is an American idol. Okay. Yeah. It should be gone based off of stats. Who's performing the right. best, who earned their spot as an all-star, not who the majority of the fans favorite players are at that position. So, yeah, I agree with you. It, it, something needs to change because they're uh, – don't get me wrong. The players that are in there, they're great players. They, But there are so many other players that I feel earn their spot over them. There are a lot better players that should be in the All-Star team this year, and they're not. And a lot of that has to do with the voting, the process. So I do not feel it's fair. Again, like you said, it's nice that the fans get involved and there's participation from the fans. But at the end of the day – it's only a popularity contest, nothing more. So, I mean, granted, you have stars like in, in there, like DeGrom, you got Scherzer in there. These are guys that, that deserve to be in there. 
But then yeah, they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. But like a guy like yeah. Chapman, I don't think a guy like Chapman should be in no. there this year. I think he's having a horrible, horrible year for a Chapman standard. Right. Um, and, and if you look at the Chapman and Diaz, who had a better year? Diaz is having a better year. Yeah, he blew the last game mm-hmm. uh, on on Sunday, but yeah. overall, it was coming. If you look at everything, <laughs> it was. Yeah. He he, uh, he should be. If you had to pick between Chapman and Diaz, you Diaz is having you go Diaz, and that's not yeah. just because we're Met fans. It's just stats. No. <laughs> Chapman yeah. is having a terrible year. Yeah, but he's an all star, and of course, you know, get Garrett Cole's in there, but you know, yeah. he, he's had he he's still he's still doing well. He but he had a, he had a real rough patch of games because I took the stickiness out. The the, the stickiness, <laughs> yeah. So, I think one guy they, I'm happy not to see in there is Bauer. <laughs> talk about dodging a bullet right we talk about this oh. all the time every time we bring him up you know at first you know it was his his online persona his twitter his twitter persona that would kind of rub people the wrong way and i was like okay I'm, I'm glad the mets do not need this bad publicity and then this whole sexual allegation came out and i'm like yep. holy cow did we ever dodge a bullet yep and they dodgers that keep dissing themselves and dissing mm-hmm. themselves and he's getting suspended and suspended more games and he might be heading to jail and not seeing uh, that much baseball for much longer, mm-hmm. uh, which is – I, I wonder where all that money's going to go now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't – I do not know. But that's, uh, that's definitely something that the reigning World Series champions are trying to distance themselves from. So. Yeah. Yeah, who knows which way that's going to fall, but it does not look good no matter which way you slice it. I'm just glad, especially since all the um, the crap the Mets organization was going through before the season even started with Jared Porter and whatnot, and then had Bauer come inside, and you have this crap going on, forget it. Forget yeah. it. It would have been a damn mess. So And Walker is such a better pitcher, I think, better, better guy than, was, to have out a, there. Absolutely. I, I'd pick Walker over. I, great. Bauer has been great, you know, when, when he's on, but... You know, if we had signed Bauer, I would have been okay. Great, we have Bauer. You know, the guy, the guys, he just he he just rounds out this rotation nicely. But I I love Walker. He was a solid pickup, a very under the radar signing. You know, and he ended up being the anchor to our rotation. He's been solid, so no complaints for me. But uh, but yeah, so again, the, the, tonight's the All Star game. What, what would you think if you had to pick? Who who do you think based on? The way the lineups are, American League and National League, who do you think is going to win tonight? I think American League. American League always seems out to beat us, beat the National League. I, I always, I always hope the National League wins, but American League always has the advantage uh, on us. And I think they're just going to prove again this this season as well. I don't think National League is going to live up to it. Yeah, American League has had uh, the National League's number in recent years, but I'm going to go um, – my, my pick's going to be the National League. I think the National League's going to take it tonight. We'll see. And if I may go one step further, I'm going to say the final score is going to be 6-4. Just saying, just throwing it out there. But <laughs> we'll see. Hold me to it. We'll see. You uh, want to throw any money at it, though, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, let's – no, let's, let's not. <laughs> I changed my mind. Let's not. <laughs> What's wrong, McFly? Chicken? But I, I still say the National League wins it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to some injury updates. 
most of most of it's optimistic for a change. We already talked about how Brandon Nimmo's return has had a huge impact on this Mets lineup. Charlie, uh, you got any news? Any other updates for uh, the Mets injury front? Well, Carrasco is supposed to make a a, a relief for uh, not a relief appearance, a post uh, minor league appearance on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then I heard a rumor, and I think it's true. Um, if it all goes well. He's going to pitch two innings on Thursday. If all goes well, he's going to pitch for the Mets next week. Um, but to get his innings in a Mets uniform in the major league level, they're thinking wow. about doing uh, – like, so he'll be pitching two innings on Thursday. Maybe him he go three or four innings, a couple games in a Mets uniform at a major league level starting uh, for a couple of good starts and then gradually work his innings up. Um, so again, down the minor leagues, which is interesting in my point to see him. Yeah, but they had nobody really who else to put out there. Yeah, uh, with all the injuries, and they rather rushed him to get him back on a major league mount and mm-hmm. and be kind of guy that, that only does wings and then go right to the bullpen. It could right. it could help the Mets or it could really really hurt the Mets. What I mean by this is it could help the Mets because we got a star pitcher. It could hurt the Mets because this bullpen. And they show signs of it um, before the All-Star break. They were way overused, and they're going to be way overused for those three. Um, if he's taken out after the third inning, and now you have seven innings of baseball left to go, who are you going to put in there? Right. And the bullpen's going to be worked, way worked, and then you have other games that you need a bullpen for, too. Um, so it's going to be very mm-hmm. interesting what they decide to do. Um, I, I would keep him down in my leagues. Um, that would be my choice, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hearing otherwise. Yeah, the bullpen has been taxed and overworked, and you know it's an ongoing thing this season. But the the All Star break definitely came at the right time. So, but that's good news about Carrasco. However, I will not, I, I I'm not going to hold my breath on that. And yeah, it would be great if we have him back next week, but considering how slow they've been getting Carrasco back in shape and and, and getting him healthy. All of a sudden, just to rush him back after the All Star break—that sounds a little sketchy to me. So I, I, I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, as much as I would love it, and he would be a huge addition to this rotation, especially with Syndergaard set back. You know, now he's not supposed to be back. Syndergaard's not supposed to be back until I think the beginning of August, maybe late August. Who knows? But, um, and then with David Peterson now with the oblique strain and Lucchese out for the season, we're short staffed. So I can see why they want to try to get Carrasco out there and try to try to stretch him out during games. But, you know, we're going to have to see. I mean, the, you know, the trade, the trade deadline is going to be, be approaching very quickly. And we're going to get into that, too, in a bit. But I'd love, I'd love for Carrasco to get back. But I think we're going to have to invest in another starter regardless, whether Carrasco I think they are going to. I think the Mets are going to make a lot of moves before, the, before July 1st. I, think I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we're in first. We want to stay that way, right? So, yeah. I, I mean, we've had, we, it's going to be a different trade deadline than we had before. Got to see what uh, – what Allerson does, you know, just just gonna have to wait and see. We we need like that, we need that cesspitous splash that we had in 2015. You know, that one guy that sparks everything. We went on such a tear with the after we got that acquisition. It was like lightning in a bottle. It was insane. So, but we need something like that. I mean, we've had half a season for for management to see where our holes are and where we can improve upon. Right. So we gotta just trust in them. Trust, believe in Uncle Steve that. He's going to, you know, spend and do it, do what needs to get done to improve this team, to carry us into October. So 
Just gonna I believe have to, in him. Yeah. I believe in him. We'll wait and see. But uh, and and I guess I guess we can also mention about the injury front that Keith Hernandez is on the injured list now <laughs> after that <laughs> hot tub mishap or whatever the heck that was. I don't. What was it? What was that even about? He was in a hot tub and he slipped and hit his head. Yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. But uh, Anthony Recker, he brought he was in the broadcast booth in spring training, and I had mentioned in our uh, I think our first episode how I would I would not mind having him back in the booth. You know, in with Keith's absence, Recker's been doing a great job, I think, and I think he just gets better and better each passing game. So I'm happy with him. He's doing a good yeah. job. So. I miss Keith. I miss Keith, but we'll see him back. He'll be back. I heard he's going to be back by this weekend. So everybody has incidents. Everybody has their faults. Everybody has gets injured, and you know it's it's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even the announcers get injured. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Especially the Mets. The Mets announcers. I mean, the Mets team gets injured. Why not the announcers? What else could happen? Yeah. And JJ Davis. We've got to miss JJ Davis. Going to be starting on Friday for us. So, oh, is he coming um, back that soon? Okay. Yeah, he'll be back on Friday. Um, but the thing that Luis said that he's not, he's going to, he does not earn an everyday spot. Uh, Nor should he. I agree a, with that. Yep. A, a rotation between Villar, Galome, and, and um, Davis. It's going to be like a rotation fight, I think, that he's going to put against whoever's pitching and who's doing that. So that's very interesting news in itself on that yeah. point. Um, and then also um, the Grom. Which I find, very, I, I thought he would be the first guy to be out there on, fr- on Friday. He's not going to be. They're going to try and send him up for the rest of the season pitching against um, the National League East. So they're going to try to pitch him like every five days, but have his days scheduled around the Line National League East. Against yeah. The East. So that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, will um, you? So, yeah. We'll see what the, when he's going to pitch. They haven't announced a rotation yet uh, for starting Friday. So okay. we'll see. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you want to win the division, you're going to have to be able to beat your division. So, yeah. I mean, so you trying to, trying to set it up that way, hopefully it works out. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, let's move into, uh, let's move into some of the series recaps. I think we were last, last off. What was it? The, the Philly, I think it was the Phillies and the Mets. It was the four games. We ended up splitting that series, I believe. Yeah. We were up to the Phillies games and we were up to like the like the second game of Philly. That's right. Well, yeah, they, okay. they split the they split the the Phillies. We had one. We had yeah. They split the Phillies record. Um, so it was still on the twenty fifth, mm-hmm. and the first twenty fifth they had a doubleheader. They won the both teams in that score, uh, and we won two one the first game, and then we lost two one. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the offense has been been struggling, but they they proved it this weekend that um, they could come out of it, and they had. Some sparks, some games that have been coming out, but the offense has been back and forth. They have never been consistent this whole season. Right. But again, you know, Nemo's back and it's like like a light switch. They've been, you know, putting runs together and getting on base and scoring. So so it, it's optimistic. And now with JD coming back, like you said on Friday, that that should be, you know, an added bonus. So we'll see what they do with that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we split that four game series with Philly. You know, would have been the nice 26 to- was a good game. Uh, when they yeah. came back and they were losing the, they were losing the game, they came back in the ninth inning and they walk, had a walk off. They had, yeah. had a couple walk offs that did that series. They did, thanks to the uh, Phillies' terrible bullpen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, those were everyone loves those comeback wins. Those are good, especially against the Phillies. And then we played a makeup game with the Nationals. 
uh, which again, we shouldn't make it up. State <laughs> <laughs> to four. Well, I feel like we shouldn't even make that game up. It was horrible. Yeah. Does that have to count? I mean, it's, it's not even a series. It's just one game, one random game yeah. in the mix. I don't count. <laughs> but yeah, eight to four. That was yeah. I don't know. It was just the, the, again going back to what I mentioned earlier that the Nationals were just surging at that point. Kyle Schwarber, who who now now he was on the tear, and now he's hurt. He's going to be out for for a little bit now. So that that that's kind of a kind of a big blow to Washington. Yeah, and Washington fell down to like six games behind us now. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Baseball is a crazy game. It's amazing how how quickly so things are shooting. Atlanta's back up where it should be. I think Atlanta, yeah, yeah if they have games against Atlanta. That's you did talk about that, but the we there were two and a half games when, at one point, and they just fell to down to down to six. We gained a lot of distance between Atlanta and us. I mean, National and us. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and and with that injury now, they don't look the same. Um, if you watch the last couple games, yeah, and it's gonna be the Mets and the Atlanta. I, I, we said it before the season started, it's gonna be the Mets Atlanta. I still think it's gonna be Mets Atlanta. I think Atlanta's yeah. gonna be a, a, the, the team that, yeah, that they had a bad first half considering what they have on paper, but you mm. gotta think about how long are they gonna live up to not having on paper, you know, what they have on paper. And start winning some games. So, and right. they showed against against us when we had a series against them for three games. We lost two out of three um, mm-hmm. right after that, and we got slaughtered. I gained twenty to two. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we. Which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah, that was a walloping by Atlanta. That was long overdue. I think because we, um, I think we earlier in the season, it was in May. I think we. I think we creamed them. We clean. We creamed Atlanta like fourteen or fifteen runs against them, or something like that. Yeah, Twenty-two. I don't think we did though. No, no, no. <laughs> definitely, we didn't. We didn't break twenty, but but they got their they got their little revenge game in there. So yeah, I would have liked to uh, would have liked to take two of three, but yeah, that was just a rough stretch between the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Braves. It, you know that that was going to be the test for us, and luckily, yeah, we should we should have played better. We could have made more of a dent in the standings. But, you know, we, we played 500 baseball with, between our divisions. So, and thankfully, we're, we're still on top right now. But we're going to have to do better than that when we face them in the second half again. So, Yeah, absolutely. And then we killed the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> I What's love that. Uh, I think it was the first series that we could we could have actually swept the Yankees. I mean, there, was no, there was no reason why we couldn't sweep the Yankees. Yeah, that should have um, been a sweep. But, but we did lose a doubleheader, you know, yeah. uh, the last game. But – they played great baseball. Mm-hmm. They played a great team and had a comeback. That comeback that was ten to five. They exploded in the seventh inning uh, of that mm-hmm. August fourth game. Yeah, again, you know, it should have been a sweep, but you know, anytime you win a series against the Bronx Bombers, it's always a very satisfying time. So, <laughs> I, no complaints from me. That was that was a great series all around. And then the uh, then the Brewers came to town. The, who were red hot coming into this series with the Mets. But uh, we cooled them off a bit. We took two or three. Yeah, the Mets played a great series against the Brewers. I thought yeah. that they, they did really well. They, they battled. They were hitting the ball. And uh, they played they, – they took you know, two out three against the Brewers and two out three against the Yankees, two teams that were 500. So mm-hmm. they played really great baseball that, that until they reached Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I thought we should have done better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At the at the very least, with the you know four game series with Pittsburgh, we we should have won three of four. 
You know, yeah. not, not not a series split. I mean, granted, the pirate the the Pirates are the worst team in baseball, but they have some amazing players on their team, and the, the Pirates even gave Atlanta a lot of trouble. And the, the Pirates' season was over before it even started. But sometimes the most dangerous teams are the ones with nothing to lose. And the Pirates knocked around Atlanta two weeks ago as well. And, you know, they are a team that loves to play spoiler, even if they're out of contention. And, you know, the Mets have another three games with them once the season resumes on Friday. So, uh, you know, so they're going to need to be cautious. You know, it should on paper, it should be an easy sweep. But we split four games with them this past week. So. Yeah, Frazier is the best player. Uh, is, I love Frazier. He's he's a he's uh, an all around great player. I would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I heard rumors of him coming to the Mets. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk <laughs> I don't about know where you put him, but yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah, speaking yeah speaking of trade rumors, let's roll right into that. Yeah, I heard about Frazier and the Mets. I don't know, like you said, I don't know if there's room for him. As much as I'd love to have him in the on the team. But where do you put him, right? So, but yeah, there, there have been some very interesting rumors surrounding the trade market for the Mets. Obviously, starting pitching is one we've we've been in the hunt for. Um, I mentioned that we might talked about that a little a little bit ago with Carrasco. Regardless of whether he comes back on time or not, we're we're going to need another starter. So maybe even another bullpen arm, even though the bullpen's been solid for the most part, and. There's even been talk of a third baseman, even though we got J.D. Davis coming back and Jonathan Villar is filled in well at that spot, Giorme also. So it's going to be interesting. We can't have all these all these guys on the team. So something's got to give if we if we go after another third baseman. But the Cubs, something interesting is the Cubs have had scouts at St. Lucie over the last couple of weeks, which by itself doesn't really mean anything. I mean, organizations, they scout other clubs all the time, right? But take into account that also the Cubs, who started off this season red hot, have and eventually lost 10 games in a row at one point. Suddenly, they find themselves in third place in the National League, National League Central. And they're two games under 500, eight games out of first, right? So they announced they're going to be sell- they're going to be sellers. You would assume, right? I mean, granted, I mean we're halfway through the season; they're only eight games out, but just the. The, the teams that are ahead of them, it's just there's no slowing down for them. So did you see the game between the Cubs and the Brewers two weeks ago? The Cubs, the Cubs went up 7-0 uh, in the first inning, and then the Brewers ended up coming back. They won yes. 14-7. Yes, yeah. Um, it, it, never seen anything like it. it. It was just a testament to the Cubs season as a whole. So I, I can definitely see them being sellers. It's just it's, it's going to be a matter of, you know, what pieces we can use and what we're willing to partner with for, in return. Uh, that said, all things, all signs do point to them likely being sellers come the trade deadline, which the Mets could be in play for. Uh, you, you got to figure Chris Bryant's going to be up for grabs, who has had a resurgence of sorts this season. He's been great. Uh, he's had a great year. And if we are looking for a third baseman, he'd be the guy to go for. I mean, granted, he would only be a summer rental, but if we're trying to get to October, he could be the boost we need. So yeah, but- I, I, I have a feeling he is going to be a Mets uniform, and I and I I've been I told my friend Lewis, which was on our podcast last week. I told him, uh, "You ready for Chris Bryant to be a Met?" He's like, "What? When are they going? Yeah, where are you going to put him?" And all that. So I said, "He's going to." I have a feeling he's going to sign him. I still have a, a a strong, strong feeling in me they're going to sign him. Um, he's been in talks for many for a couple of seasons already, mm-hmm. uh, being before. This and I, I think they're gonna make a move. I think JD Davis is gonna be out. 
and uh, they're going to make a move for it. Especially when they mentioned Davey Davies, 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 Davies not being an everyday third baseman. I think they're going to they're gonna look for him to trade and uh, right. they're going to find somebody to do something else. Um, I've been also finding very interesting the Twins pitcher, the star pitcher they've been talking about a lot. And, uh, yes. Uh, um, Barrios? Yeah. Yes. I could see that happening too. That they could that that'd be a great move for them. Great starting pitcher, a great guy to put the back end of the rotation. Somebody you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that would be another great, excellent addition. And I think the Mets are going to make moves. I'm um, going to be a very talking team by on July 31st. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they are going to be moves that going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a quiet, quiet trade line, no matter if the Mets are still three and a half games up or you know, only half a game up, they're still going to have a lot of t- talking around. Yeah, they're going to be making moves, that's for sure. They're going to be making a lot of noise. And, you know, you talked about Berrios and even, uh, going back to the Cubs for a second, even Kyle Hendricks might be on the trading block and he, he would be a nice addition to the uh, yeah. to the rotation as well. So the guy's 11 yeah. and 4. His ERA is a little high, but I mean... All things considered, he's an innings eater, and that's what we need right now, especially to give the bullpen some relief. So uh, he provides some stability to the back end of the rotation, you know, behind DeGrom, Walker, Stroman. So Hendricks would be a nice addition. But I'm very excited because, you know, especially with with under the new Cohen era, anything can happen. I mean, I, I, I was surprised back in 2015 when we got Cespedes. You know, that was like, that was huge. You know, and it's something I never thought the Wilpons would have done, but they ended up going for it. And it ended up, you know, being a difference maker in, in the in the 2015 season, getting us to the, the playoffs. But, but yeah, we're definitely going to need some kind of uh, some kind of spark at this trade deadline. And like you said, they're going to make some noise. So definitely keep yeah. an eye out on that. And, um, and they already made noise in the, in the draft. Um, they got the rocket. Yes. I saw that. Uh, yep. Um, which, which he, he's going to be a phenomenal he's, pitcher. He's going to be something else. He already is, <laughs> yes. but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind to put him a couple of things like, just right now. You might, you might need him. I'm yeah. sure they were already talking to him about contracts. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw him out there at some point if we need him. But yeah. no, he, he's uh, definitely some great moves with the draft pick. So uh, I'm, I'm happy. So we're definitely a good thing uh, re- replenishing our farm system. So yes. Some, and, some, and McGill, we got to give credit to McGill. Tyler McGill, uh, yes. He's been phenomenal. I he think really he, has. he has showed. Um, that he could pitch really well, and uh, I, I don't mind him being in our rotation right now and, and going into for the rest of the season, and keeping him up here. Um, he's been he battled the strike zone. He's been pitching great, and um, yeah, he has a great future. I, I, I like his stuff. I really like his stuff. Yes, he really stepped up. Uh, he he has impressed me so far. So again, I would not. I'm with you. I would not mind him uh, being a part of the uh, back end of this rotation. Uh, going forward he's he's kept us in games and that's exactly what we need so he, he he's been a pleasure to watch we cabrera's gonna come back we talked about that last time yeah so. you mentioned asdrubal cabrera they had some yeah, i still hear yeah. about that too I, I i'm hearing that as up. well i've also heard about i've yeah i don't know about cabrera that that that's another thing like where do you put him you know he, he, he he's got pop still in his bat he'd be a nice addition to the bench well i don't see him being an everyday player but mm-hmm. and then there's also talk with starling Marte with the marlins Mm-hmm. So yeah, but you know, I I don't know. I'm kind of happy with with Nimmo. He he's he made some. Uh, he's been making some good plays in the outfield lately. He there was that robbed home run this past week. That, that yeah, was something. Was, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
So he, Nemo has got so much potential that he hasn't even tapped into yet. So I'm, uh, there's a lot of people that are willing to write him off already. I am not. I, I, I love Nemo. He's just, he's a joy to watch. You could see how much he loves the game and his, his defense short defensive shortcomings will, uh, will dissipate. He's going to grow into the position. He's only going to get better. So, but yeah, that's it. So we're going to have to wait and see. Keep a close eye on that trade deadline because the Mets will be making moves. It's just a matter of what are we going to get and what are we willing to part ways with? That they, yeah. The Mets already made, made, made it known that they don't want to part with any, uh, any big uh, minor league pieces. So that means somebody on the major league level is going to be going. So I got to say, as much as I hate to say it, I think VR might be, might be used as trade bait. I, I don't know. Like I, I like him. <laughs> I, I love VR also. He's been he's been such a spark to this this yeah. team. He, he's he really has. But d- don't be surprised if his name's thrown around. But yeah, just the players I won't mind to get rid of, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll list them out for you. Is JD Davis? I think McNeil is going to be uh, McNeil. I know I, I don't know a lot of people like McNeil, but I can see him go. Yeah, uh, Dominic Smith. Uh, mm. I can see him go as well because. We need a regular outfield out there. Yes, he shows some great signs, but yeah. but uh, he's a first baseman. He, he is a first baseman. Yeah. First yeah. baseman. He, he, I would not mind if he goes someplace and he, he gets it. He gets his start at first base yeah. at first base every day, and he would just flourish as a hitter. I know. I'd hate to lose him, but at the same time, I'd love for his career to really take off and be what he can be. So, yeah, those are those are my three that I would say mm-hmm. could could go, and and if they do, they do. Uh, that's why we used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, wait and see. You got, you got to have faith that uh, they'll make the right moves, right? Whatever, whatever they decide, even though if we might not agree with who goes or who stays for that matter, you got to just trust that they're doing what they feel is best for the team. And that's what we yeah. just got to, just got to stay. And we'll discuss them. it right here. And we will. You rest assured, we'll be either uh, excited or bitching and moaning on our next episode. So, yeah. <laughs> but all right, let's move on to the around uh, the league. Uh, Charlie, anything going on that's been uh, surprising you over the last couple of weeks? The Cubs, like you said before, the Cubs uh, lost ten games in a row at one point, yeah. and uh, they've been they've been horrible. And the, also, oh, the Houston Astros did really bad as well. Right about that? Yeah, yeah, they, they they they've had a bit of a rough patch. Yeah, <laughs> Houston Astros had a rough patch. Um, even the Red Sox went through a rough patch um, for for time because they could have kept a long distance um, in the in the American League and they went on a losing a losing tear as well. Yeah, um, you know, considering they still are twenty games over five hundred, but they also went on like an eight game losing streak at one point too. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams here, but the Giants are still doing the Giants though. I still can't believe they're in first they, place. They are having a monster, monster season. Yeah, they, they surprised me. We talked about this last time. They've been a very yeah. surprising team this year. And, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers are keeping pace with them. Uh, I think they're only uh, maybe two, two games out. Games out. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting as it gets close to you. I, I think it's going to be – It's gonna. I think San Diego is going to fade away. Um, they're already starting to. Granted, we still have a lot of baseball left to play, but I think I think in, in the National League West, we're going to have it's going to be down to San Francisco and the Dodgers, and that's going to be that's going to be exciting to watch. I'm going to be curious to see. You know, that. you know, one team I really do feel bad for, and um, you can probably ask why I feel bad for them is the Arizona. Yeah, Arizona is 26 and 66. They had when the Mets first them in April. Um, they looked like a good, they looked like an okay team. They were not. They were playing. They play around 500 baseball for a little bit. 
and then they just went on a losing tear. Lost almost twenty games in a row. Yeah. Uh, they they fell apart, and now they're the worst team in baseball, twenty six to sixty six, and they just are, they they did thirty three games out at the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad for them. Uh, that's the one team I really do feel bad for. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's got to be someone, right? There's always got to be the those one or two teams that everyone has to beat up on. I mean, it's it's just the it's it's the law of the land. It's just the way it goes. But but yeah, it, it, they they've had a really crummy season. I do feel bad for them, but it, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time Arizona was even relevant. When I mean, they they've had yeah. good players, but I can't remember the last time that they were even contending. Um, I mean, you talk about. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Randy Johnson <laughs> when yeah. he was pitching. I mean, what is that? Like the, you know, 96, 97. That's the last time I ever, I really remember much about Arizona being relevant. Hang on a second. Let me look this up real quick. The only time, their only championship was in 2001. Oh, they were only founded in 98. I thought they were, huh. I thought they were around longer than that. I thought they were around longer than that, too. That's interesting. Yeah, that's all I could find on them. So I guess that's apparently that's all Google has on them either. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, nobody likes to see a team like that, you know. At least the Arizona Diamondbacks came up, not like something else, something weird. Yeah, like (laughs) Pitcher pulls his pants down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Randy Johnson pulls his pants down. Uh, uh, something that was really rough to see, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, Washington, how they, how they lost, they kind of cooled off after losing Kyle Schwaber to injury, but what about the Braves? Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL over the weekend. He's going to require season ending surgery. That's a huge blow to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I mean, you never want to see someone get hurt, especially like that. But, you know, he he was one of the key components to the Braves offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how Atlanta fills that void. So, again, they're going to be they're going to be pursuers at the trade deadline. So um, but temporarily, I I don't know what they're going to do because Acuna was a huge offensive threat at the top of the lineup. So uh, who knows? That might change. That might change their uh, their whole approach now. Who knows? They might start struggling. Sometimes it only takes one player going down to throw throw your True. whole, uh, you know, throw everything off. So, uh, but yeah, that that was rough. Nobody likes to see that. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll recover quickly and he'll be right back at it because he was having he was having a hell of a season this season. So, and um, something very very humorous that caught my eye uh, when I was looking at some things over the couple of past couple of weeks. Uh, with the MLB's recent crackdown of foreign pitching substances, last week, I don't know if you saw this, Charlie, but the umpires subjected Orioles knuckleballer Mickey Janis to an inspection for sticky substances that increase spin rate. I'm going to repeat that because it bears repeating. <laughs> A knuckleballer whose primary pitch, the knuckleball, which is meant to have limited spin, was inspected by MLB for substances that increase spin rate. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, be better, MLB. Be better. You're an idiot. How stupid is that? Oh my god. Well, this thing is getting this thing is getting out of hand. With it those. really is. I, you know, I kind of I do kind of like it because it should not be around. Um, yeah. And had some pitchers that have that got hurt by it. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg Cole um, yeah. is one example. Bauer before he got this whole sex handled. Yeah. Um, there are some pitchers in there as well. 
but you know the way that they they, they train it though it is a little bit uh yeah <laughs> made it, it, baseball. It, it, it they made it a, a, a more of a spectacle than it needs to be you yeah. know it's just it, it's yeah. obviously not their intention but it, it, there has to be a, a a better way to to go about it i don't know uh, one other thing I saw, Charlie, you probably saw this. Did you hear about the, um, the Yankees with the, uh, the woman who made an honorary bat girl, a 70 year old woman? No, I have not. Yeah. Nice that. little, nice little feel good story. So I don't like talking about the Yankees, but oh. except when we're beating, <laughs> but cre- credit where credit's due. Right. So, uh, there's a 70 year old, 70 year old woman. She made honorary bat girl, uh, Gwen Goldman. Uh, in 1961, when she was 10 years old, she wrote a letter to the Yankees asking them if she could be a Batgirl. And obviously, different times, right? The Yankees wrote her back, respectfully declining her wish because she was a girl and uh, basically saying that there really isn't a place for a girl in a men's game, right? So fast forward 60 years later, the Yankees came across Goldman's letter and they righted their refusal from the past. They invited her to the Bronx as an honorary Batgirl. And I watched her interview. It was, it was really, really neat. I, you know, I watched her interview. She was, it was such a touching moment. The pure joy on this woman's face, the, the experience that she had, it really was something else. And it's, it's no doubt something that she'll hold near and dear to her heart for the rest of her life. So kudos to the Yankees on that. I still hate you guys, but kudos. <laughs> but, kudos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's neat though i mean you know maybe, maybe. How, how, how how nice for that woman right i mean you know you you're, you're a 10 year old girl you want to you want to be your team's the yankees right you want to be a part of it and you get denied no sorry you're a girl and then you know 60 years later you finally get your wish so good for them never uh, too late never too late no absolutely not maybe i'll get my call for weatherman soon too. <laughs> <laughs> you still you're still holding out for that huh yeah, sixty years later, you know. <laughs> there is always hope. Tom. There's always hope, Charlie. If, if if being a Mets fan has taught us anything, there's always hope. So, all right. Well, you know what? Let's let's wrap this up. Go into uh, the Mets up. What's the Mets upcoming schedule, Charlie? After the uh, after the All Star break concludes this week, we got three of the Pittsburgh Pirates, like uh, you mentioned before. Um, we should go for a sweep, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the, you know, then we have Cincinnati uh, for three and three with Toronto. Uh, so the first nine games coming back all, after the All-Star game should be uh, easy considering what it is. They have not, they should win seven of those nine games. What would you think? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say seven. Yeah. yeah. Because right after that, then they have Atlanta for, uh, five games. It's a five-game series because right. we have to make up for the Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. Then we have Cincinnati, and then we have Miami for uh, which always Miami plays four games, and then we have Philly, and then we have, and then we go right into uh, Washington, and we get into the Dodgers, and it's going to get really a tough schedule after that. Uh, and we got Giants. It's just August is going to be a tough month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but at least we're at least at least we're getting healthy again. So that that's a plus. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I would say if the Mets could take seven out of nine, the first nine games, I'm going back. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Atlanta, especially starting on the 26th. It's definitely going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see what, we'll see if uh, getting these guys back and with the addition of, of J.D. Davis and who knows what the, you know, what's going to happen at the trade deadline. But uh, it's going to be a much Maybe. needed boost. So 
maybe we have another player cry on the field and it will spark something. Who knows? Who knows? You know what? Wilmer <laughs> <laughs> Flores. Yeah. yeah, he's on the Giants. Right. He's having a great season with the Giants. I miss yeah. I, I like I like Flores. Yeah. But uh all right. Well, that about wraps things up. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We had fun. We hope you enjoyed it as oh my god, what the heck? This I got ducks quacking over here. What the heck is this? <laughs> did you hear that? No, I did not hear that. I had these ducks quacking. I have no idea where it's coming from. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that about wraps things up. Thank you for tuning in. We had a lot of fun talking about some Mets baseball. We hope you enjoyed listening in. And be sure to keep an eye on that trade deadline. The Mets are going to be making some moves, and things are going to get very, very interesting. So thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you back here for more Amazing Talk. Amazing Talk.